Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. Welcome back, everybody. It is Debbie Sardone, your host. And I have another terrific guest in the studio with me today. And we have Alma Jimenez Hall, a bilingual author, wellness advocate, and all-around foodie. She has been a spokesperson for weight loss, cooking, and wellness on all mainstream media channels and local and national uh, media. So Alma, thank you so much for being in the studio today. Hello, Debbie. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's always great to have an author, and I love books, and your book in particular has a great deal of interest for me because I have some little ones. I've got some grandchildren, and uh, I just love the entire idea of your book. So before you tell me about your book, which I think is so unique and intriguing, tell me a little bit about what inspired you in the first place to write a children's style book and tell me a little bit about that journey well I wish I could tell you that I picked writing children's books but the honest truth is that it picked me okay one day after the death of my brother I woke up and started writing in Spanish and I knew I was on to something and that's how the book was birthed wow so you just decided I'm going to write. And and how did it end up being children's? Well, uh, the vision I had, he was a little boy. So that's how I knew it was going to be a children's book. Wow. You know, that's really great when a book comes from inside and is inspired by somebody that you love. Because I know you also said, you know, you love food. And obviously, you love people and you love children. And tell us a little bit about the theme of this book, because it is quite unique. It's different. And I I really like the whole concept, the product that comes with it. Tell us about it, since our listeners can't actually see it. Describe it for us. Well, it's called Tacos and Tortillas, Noe Saves the Day. It basically is a story about a little boy that it's his first time in the kitchen with Abuelita, which is grandma, and that experience. And it's a beautiful little story about there's not, there was missing ingredient. He came up with a solution, and so he becomes the hero. So that is the the basic book right there. And, of course, it also has... um, my abuelita's flour tortilla recipe in there and then it has uh, tortillas using the coconut oil and of course some easy pork tacos for the filling so it's it's a lovely story that um, you could be interactive with because you're not only reading the story you're uh, getting in the kitchen with the with the children, with your nieces nephews so is it a storybook is it a recipe book what is that it is a storybook, first and foremost, but um, it does have the element of the activity part. But it is a storybook. It so is it's a story. a story that you can actually be interactive with. You're telling yes. a story, you're reading a story, but you're also in the kitchen. Yes. Working. Yes. So as Noe is making the tortillas in the book, 
then there's the recipe so the children can make the the recipe that little Noe was making. You know, that's what I found so unique about your story and about your book is most of us read books to our children or grandchildren and we're just reading. We're sitting there and we're reading. This is an activity. It's not just reading, which is amazing. Love reading to my grandchildren. I always love reading to my children. But this is an opportunity to do something with that child while you're reading. And I think about my granddaughter, Stella, and now my my little grandson, Henry. And they, since she was old enough to stand, they would pull up a little step stool all the way up to the kitchen counter, and they would kind of work, if you want to say that in loose terms, side by side with mom and dad as they cook. And both of them cook, Amy and John, uh, my daughter and her husband, they both cook in the kitchen. They take turns cooking. And the children, since they were, you know, probably one or a little bit older, could climb up, stand on the step stool and work hand, you know, hand in hand with their parents side by side. And I could picture them using a book like this as a tool to tell a story, but then go and do the activity. Exactly. And that's the whole idea is for children to read the book and then get excited about being in the kitchen. And we want them to be excited, whether they're boys or girls. We want them to be excited to, you know, make food. Obviously, that's an expression of love in households is is we're making food. We're making food together. We're enjoying it together. And I love the idea of involving children in that activity as opposed to the kids sitting there squirming. They're hungry. They're tugging on you. You know, mom, come play, come play. Make that activity a part of what you're doing and include them. Exactly. It's really a lot of fun. So is the book written in Spanish? Is it in English? What about those of us who can't speak Spanish? Yes. Well, it is bilingual. So it is Spanish slash English. So that way it has a a bigger reach also. And it's also for children, for example, if you wanted to teach your child Spanish for the first time, you get that opportunity to say Um, simple words there's a lot of there's a glossary in the back that has simple words that you could learn like abuelita and um, some numbers and things like that so it's also a teaching if you're wanting to teach your your child Spanish it is also a, a teaching tool you know there are so many things wrapped up in this book there is so much benefit in it I mean it sounds like a really fun story for the children in the first place I love the activity side of the book the interactivity because we need to do things with our children as opposed to having our children always watch us do things so we get them involved I love that and I love this this bilingual element because so many children at a young age could be taught a second language and, and we just don't do it I think of my son him and his wife live in Dallas and they decided you know at birth when they hired a nanny they wanted to hire a bilingual nanny and asked the nanny to only speak Spanish during uh, the days that she's there watching little Lucia. And I think that is so smart of them that, you know, Lucia is, of course, exposed to English at night and on the days that her nanny isn't with her. But then on the days that the nanny is there, she reads only in Spanish. She speaks to her only in Spanish. And she is going to be one cute little bilingual (laughs) thing. I mean, she'll be able to read that book to me, the Spanish part. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Which would be amazing. It would be amazing. So... 
uh, how on earth did you get started with this process? Because I know you said you woke up one day and started writing, but you know there are people who have been trying trying to write a book for years, but you actually did it. You you got the whole thing started and finished. Can you give us some of the steps, the more practical steps that you had to take in order to get this written? First of all, get it all out of your head. And what were some of those steps to get it out of your head, get it typed out in a Word document or written out, however you did it? Tell us a little bit about that process. All right. Well, basically, exactly what you said. You've got to get it out of your head. So write down as much of the story or of your idea, write, write, write. Don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about anything but just getting the main pieces down. Then once you have it where you where you got that down, of course then, for me anyway, I had to cut it down to bite-sized pieces for children. So first it was kind of a brain dump. Yes. You're really just dumping out of your brain and this is the part where people get stuck, is they're trying to fix the grammar, they're trying to fix uh, the creative writing style, the punctuation, and what you just said makes it so much simpler. You give yourself permission to just dump all the ideas out of your head onto paper. Don't worry about what a mess it is. Don't worry about how imperfect it is. So then your next step was to begin to whittle it down. Yes. Tell us about that process. Well, for children's books, it's ha- it actually, everything you write, you have to cut that down a lot because you only have two, three sentences that you could put in a, in a page. So your ideas have to be a lot more centered. They have to be, you really have to get the, the exact thoughts down. Within a few sentences, which is not easy. Most of us talk our way through explanation. And then, of course, you get, if you, if you don't draw or if you don't, if you're not an illus- illustrator, then it's getting an illustrator. Of course, you have someone that has to help set it up. Then if your Spanish is not, if, if you want to have someone help you with the grammar and then, of course, the translations and things like that. So those are some of the pieces that had to be put together. Right. So I, I love the way you started. You just got it out of your head. You got it going. You gave yourself permission not to make it perfect on that first draft. You just need to get the ideas down. And then, of course, as a children's book, you raise a really good point. You've got to boil it down to concepts and really get concise. You can't be all wordy with children's books. You're going to lose their attention, which is obviously uh, an indication of how successful a book will be. So when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your statement about how you are a foodie and what that means. And I want to learn a little bit more about it. So Alma Jimenez Hall will be right back. I was up before the dawn. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and really on the web at com. But I must be moving on. 
Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safe around pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back with Alma Jimenez Hall in the studio today with us, and she is the author of Tacos and Tortillas, a children's book that is not only a great story, but it also creates a really great activity for the children uh, in your life. So it, it's beautifully illustrated. It's really a nice book. It looks like something easy to read. And I love the fact that it's bilingual so that you can do a little bit of, of uh, Spanish training if you're English speaking or you have the best of both worlds. If you don't speak English, you can read the Spanish side of it. But I love the fact that a lot of English speaking families will be able to read and introduce their child to the Spanish language, which I think is really smart. Um, we talked a little bit in the first segment about how my son and his wife are committed to teaching their child to be bilingual. And I definitely want to get this book for them, Tacos and Tortillas. But before we move on to talking about the foodie side of the book, because I know there are a lot of really great elements. It's not just a story. There, there's some uh, food lessons here in this book that I want to talk to you about. But we ended the first segment talking about how you got started writing your book. And I know for most people, it's a very overwhelming and daunting idea of getting their book that they've always wanted to write out of their head and on paper. And you started to share a little bit about that process. And you shared how, first of all, you started with a brain dump. Just get the ideas out of your head, type them into a, a Word doc or write them down, whatever is your style. And don't worry about, you know, sentence structure and grammar and spelling and punctuation and all of that. Just dump it out, then begin to whittle it down. Make sure you, you, especially if it's a children's book, whittle it down, throw it, get rid of all the unnecessary information and really boil it down to concise pieces. But then, for example, with a children's book, and there are a lot of people that have some great ideas for children's books, there is the daunting task of illustration. So what did you do? Obviously, if a person is not artistic, but they're great at writing, what are the next steps in order to have, you know, an illustrated children's book? What did you do? Well, because I can't draw for beans, <laughs> then I had to find Me either. someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, like you said, you did some networking. I got with people, and I, I found a tribe. I actually found a tribe to help me. So I reached out to people. I did a lot of research. And those are some of the things that made it a lot easier because it's not it's not very difficult. It's really getting started and then finding people that could help you. So did you have a vision for what you wanted your characters to look like? Or did you let the illustrator have free reign on the creativity? I mean, these pictures are beautiful. The illustrations are wonderful. What kind of input did you have as the author? Well, uh, Wanda Grice is my illustrator, and she's an artist. So I did give her some pictures, and there were some very specific things I did want in the book. But there were some parts where she did get a lot of creative freedom. 
So you kind of work together with your illustrator once you find that person. And you're saying it's not that hard to find them. No. You know, there's people out there that can draw and there's people out there that can write. And oftentimes they're not the same person. And so for us, if we write, it does seem daunting to find that artist. But the artist is probably thinking, I can I can draw, but I don't want to have to do any, any writing. So you just find each other through networking, getting the word out. I'm sure you were out there on Facebook talking about your your opportunity and I'm sure your illustrator Wanda was just so thrilled to be a part of your project she absolutely was um, for for me anyway it was um, it was it's a whole God thing because I kept seeing her um, I knew her but I kept seeing her at different places and one day we just looked at each other and we're like we need to talk and it did end up being where we sat down and the book eventually came out and I, she was saying well what are you up to and I said ah, well I'm thinking about this book and and she goes you know I I'm an artist and I said yeah and and before you know it it was a partnership and so and that's the way it could be it could be people that you already know you'd be surprised how many people you already know in your in your of the people that you know that could help you that maybe have never volunteered that they're artists you know there are people that are behind the scenes with all these hidden talents but you just see them at the business they operate or the job they work at and you have no idea that on the weekends their hobby is writing or illustrating till you get a conversation going that's right because you never know how many superhero hidden powers that we have exactly and there are so many and i do like the way you phrased it that you you had to find your tribe you had to find people that connected with what you wanted to write about that right. could have a passion for this. Because you could tell by the pictures in the book, clearly she had a passion for, for illustrating your story. Yes, finding the, white, the right people was important because there was a vision that I had. And um, it, it was put together. But it, it's something that is, I just want people to, Maybe, for example, they're thinking about doing something and they don't know how. There are so many groups around um, that you could find that are for, for people that are trying to write. So meetup groups have them. There's a lot of groups out there where you could get started and have the support that you need as you're moving along. Exactly. And sometimes people have family support and sometimes they don't. So just finding your tribe and, and connecting with these other authors, illustrators is one of the best ways to move forward with your idea. And I do I do love that because you kind of break it down and make it a little bit more simple and less daunting for people to to get that book out of their head and onto some paper and eventually published. So what did you specifically want the readers to get out of your book? Because I know it isn't just a storybook. What did you want people to get out of that book? Well, I would love people, number one, I'd love the children to feel like they could be in the kitchen and they could solve problems. I want children to know that they have, they could solve problems. They could help in the kitchen and it could be little things. I love the parents to, um, get them involved uh, also to cook healthier meals I really feel it's important to get back in the kitchen I know that we live in a society where we're fast food and 
TV dinners and things like that because so let's talk about healthier meals because when people hear a title tacos and tortillas they don't usually think healthy but you have a little bit different take on that absolutely Um, I'm very passionate about uh, being able to take apart meals and make them healthier that is a that's my superpower I guess you'd say I still have not been able to do that with Cheetos, though. (laughs) Darn it. I wish you would get on that, please, next. (laughs) It's one of my favorites. But um, so, for example, uh, one of the recipes that's in there is um, making um, tortillas. And instead of using the lard, we're using the coconut oil. So there's a lot of little things that you could do in just everyday life to not only cut calories, but it's more just be healthier altogether. And my husband and I cook with coconut oil all the time. We have replaced so many other products that we used to cook with with our coconut oil. It actually tastes better and from what I hear it is truly healthier. Yes. I love that. It's it's really important. It's not like you're taking away people's favorite food. You're saying you can have your favorite food but let's create a healthier version exactly. of that favorite food. So I know you describe yourself as a foodie, and in your bio, you say you're a foodie. So tell me a little bit about that. What does that actually mean? I know. That's a big buzzword (laughs) right now, foodie. But basically what a foodie is is someone that has a particular interest in food. So my particular interest uh, started several years ago, and um, I love to follow the food world. I love to um, know what's going on in the world. I follow a lot of people in the food world. um, And those are some of the things that I personally have done for years. And of course, I did it for a living where, you know, I was, uh, I helped an organization um, build a brand here in the United States from another country um, in the weight loss arena. So that is something that I was just really got that's where you really get all the information you know you start getting that information and then all of a sudden something in in uh something inside of you it ignites and then you become passionate about it and the next thing you know you're writing and finding your passion so it starts with knowledge obviously and information you get really good at your subject you become an expert on it then all of a sudden you discover you have a passion for this and then it's time to get that into a book form and not just a book, but a book that's helping children. And I notice in your book that you have families sitting at the dinner table, which almost seems to be a lost art these days. Tell us a little bit about your own family and how your family's practices inspired parts of your book. Yes, well, my family, um, they have given me lots of material, let me tell you. Um, But one of the things that was, uh, I come from a, a mother that she was from Mexico, first generation here in the United States. And uh, she had those values. She had those values where you, uh, where you cooked, and she wore an apron. And you know, my mother was that mom. So uh, I picked up on a lot of that. Maybe not always in the cooking realm, but I always saw it. So um, eating at the table was very important. My mom was very passionate about getting in the getting in the table, um, sitting at the table, helping helping cook, and then of course sitting and making it a pleasant experience and I think that was really stayed with me that is a place where you do not 
do confrontation. You don't do those kind of things. You want to make it a safe place where when you leave out for the day, you come back and you reconnect. I love that. And I think that's a great way to end this segment before we come back and do the lightning round and see what I can help you solve with is leaving us with the idea that the family time is a time to be together and to grow together. We'll be right back with Alma. If you're enjoying this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, give us a rating on iTunes today. Hi, I'm Debbie Sardone, founder of Cleaning for a Reason. Our mission is to give the gift of free house cleaning for women undergoing treatment for any type of cancer. Our goal is to let these brave and strong women focus on their health while we focus on and take the worry out of cleaning their homes completely free of charge. To learn more on how you can help provide the gift of a clean home to a woman battling cancer, visit cleaningforareason.org. The number one source for premium talk radio. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back. We have Alma Jimenez Hall in the studio with me today. She is the author of Tacos and Tortillas, a children's storybook. And it's even more than a storybook. It's an activity book, which we'll talk a little bit more about that. Welcome back. Alma, thanks so much for staying in the studio. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, I am so excited to have you here. I absolutely love your book. It's beautiful. And this is our third segment of the show. And what I like to do, since I'm a business consultant, and I work with business owners all around the world on how to grow and improve their business, this is our lightning round. So it's your opportunity to pitch a challenge to me. And let me see if I can help you with something in your business journey. So what have you got? Here's what I got for you, Debbie. I have sold books and material for to just about all of my family and friends and their friends. And so my question for you is, how do I get it out to the masses? Okay, well, that's a really great question because with any business, it doesn't matter if it's a service business, a product business, or consulting or whatever, it doesn't matter how good you are, and it doesn't matter how great the product is if nobody knows about it. And so that's why so many businesses fizzle that are actually superior to somebody else's business that takes off and succeeds uh, by leaps and bounds. And same thing with products. There are many, many products out there that are far superior to other products or books that are far superior, but nobody knows about them. And if you can't get the word out about how great this product is, then your sales will be small forever. And so that is the challenge. Obviously, we all know what that's called. That's marketing. That's PR. That's getting the word out. But there are some very tactical things that you can do now. And, you know, your first step is to sell to family and friends because they're the ones that can give you advice and feedback and, and you know, at least create a tribe and create some, some uh, opinions about your product. And some of the tactical things that I would do first as you begin your journey of growth is I would have all of those people that love your book and love all of the elements about your book, which we're going to talk about in a minute because there's more to your book than the book itself. Have them go to Amazon where you do sell your book right now and post reviews. And, and 
one or two reviews is, is not good enough. You need to get several reviews up there and get all of your friends to go and review your book on Amazon so that you begin to build a little bit of SEO and a little bit of traffic. Another thing that you can do is begin to give live streaming tips. The power of live streaming is incredible and it's quite untapped right now. And it's kind of like Twitter back in the early days when nobody understood it, nobody thought it was a big deal, and therefore not that many people had a Twitter account. And those that jumped on in the early days and really leveraged it, they have hundreds and thousands of Twitter followers and some of them have millions of Twitter followers because they believed in the power of that level of communication. We know right now in our country the power of, of Twitter and how, how people follow it religiously and how quickly you can get the word out. Well, think about how live streaming hasn't completely caught on, but I see it building momentum. The first thing I would do if I were you is I would make sure you have a Periscope account, which is owned by Twitter. And so it's linked to your Twitter account. And if a person doesn't have a Twitter account, they can link it to their cell phone. Um, but I would get a Periscope account. And I would begin to build a tribe on Facebook with a private group that you open to the public, but it is a group that you create and people have to join your group. I would begin to build my tribe on Facebook and build my followers and tribe on Periscope. And I would do a live streaming video several times a week. And if you're up for it, do it every single day because those that live stream daily build the greatest following and the most loyal following for what they're talking about. If it resonates with people, they will follow you. What I like about Periscope is your followers will get a little whistle notification on their phone the minute you jump on live. And you don't have to schedule that. You can just pop on live at 2 p.m. in the afternoon or 10 o'clock at night or, or 7 a.m. in the morning. And it could be that you just came in from the grocery store and you pop on live and you start digging out of your grocery bag things like here's my coconut oil this is a brand I just got today and this was on sale and look how big this jar is and this is what I paid for it and let me read the ingredients of what's in this bottle and you know compare it with other you know products that people tend to cook with like lard and you could even just do that in a little live stream it it takes no planning and because you're an expert in this field, it actually takes no effort for you. I couldn't do it because I don't know that much about cooking and, and healthy cooking, but you could, and it would come natural. It's not like you have to spend 30 minutes of preparation. You come in from the grocery store, you pop on live, and you say, hello, all of my friends who absolutely love my children's book, Tacos and Tortillas. Today, we're going to talk about the different products that people tend to cook with. And you could just begin to build your following. And eventually you'll have hundreds, maybe even thousands of followers and more. And you can do that every single day to build brand loyalty. Uh, it will increase sales of your book. You can ask people to share it. The second thing I would do is pick a couple of big brands that you want to get their attention and elevate them. We all know about the giver's gain. We all know you have to give to get, give to get, give to get. And I, my philosophy is you can't outgive giving. And so if you're, you're not a paid sponsor, you're not getting anything out of it, but can you imagine if some of your feeds, some of your live broadcasting, some of your Facebook posts, you tag big brands like Mission Foods, 
who I guess they're like the number one makers of tortillas. And you tag them and you say, you know what, if you don't have time to make tortillas today, I love Mission Tortillas. And when I'm making tortillas with my kids and we don't have a lot of time to make them from scratch, this is really like the next best thing. They taste delicious and blah, blah, blah. If you agree. Now, obviously, you're not going to say something you don't agree with. But if you like that brand, you find a brand you like. Uh, Maybe it's a whole wheat brand that you prefer. But you tag them. You mention them and you elevate them. Eventually, they begin to follow you and then they comment back. Well, these big brands have millions of followers on their Twitter feeds or their Facebook feeds and they will follow you back and they will comment. Can you imagine if one of your feeds was about just got home with my, you know, whatever brand you're elevating and I just made tacos for my kids and we finished reading the story and we made some tacos and we used, you know, XYZ brand. And uh, they were so good and everybody feels so good. And we had a great time around the, the family table. And you tag them and you're more likely to get a comment back, a retweet, a like button, and your brand is exposed to their millions. We do this at our nonprofit. Uh, we would regularly tag brands like Swiffer and Walmart because they were. Uh, big sponsors of Cleaning for a Reason. And we would jump out there and we would make a comment. We would elevate them. We would thank them. We would talk about how great their product was on our feed. Well, lo and behold, eventually they would comment or retweet or like ours back. And so it does help to build your following and helps to build your brand. Another thing you can do, because I, I talk about the giver's gain, as you are building a a tribe that is outside your family and friends you want strangers all over the world to fall in love with your product to want to order that for their children or their grandchildren Um, something else you can do to help with that is give it away and sometimes we feel like giving away is expensive but find people you can give your product to you can give it to influential people Give it to people with a large audience. Give it to radio talk show hosts that you know they talk about how much they love being with their grandchildren. You could send it to them and give it to them as a gift, and they'll be more likely to talk about it on their show. Um, You can give it to just some families that really can't really afford to go out and buy a book and and the wonderful tortilla warmers. When you give things away, you do help spread the love of your brand. And it it does create the giver's gain because my philosophy again is you cannot outgive giving. And then of course, lastly, I am a firm believer in media. Just like we're doing a radio show today, all these listeners had no idea about this great book and the product that goes with it, the tortilla warmer. they didn't even know about it until they heard the, the, the radio program. And they'll share it with others. You need to get on media. My philosophy is most of us have not because we ask not. The media is interested in telling your story. They're interested in interviewing you. During the holidays, there are all kinds of programs, morning shows, talk shows, news stories during the holidays where they're trying to tell their viewers about something different. To purchase as a gift this holiday season well you have something unique it's completely different it's not just a book it's a book that you that comes with if you go to your website directly uh, a tortilla warmer it's just so adorable so get 
some media attention and pick up the phone and call them and tell them about your unique story, how it's bilingual, how it's inspired by your family, how it's inspired by a healthier way of cooking, uh, a traditional food that typically is cooked in a very unhealthy way. And I guarantee you, you'll get some interested media personalities and uh, show producers that will be happy to have you on the media. What you cannot be is the best kept secret. It is a unique story. It's a unique concept. It's not just another children's book. It's beautifully illustrated. It's got a great product to go along with it that makes it a really cool gift. And you won't have the interviews if you don't call the show producers and tell them about it. And, you know, you might have to call 10 to get one to say, yeah, come on the show next Friday. But so be it. It's all about the numbers. We have to work our numbers. So just build your tribe little by little by being in contact with all of these people that are in your life. And they'll spread the word for you and they'll help you grow. So thank you for letting me help you with that challenge. When we come back after the break, we'll hear a little bit more from Alma Jimenez Hall, author of Tacos and Tortillas. It was early morning yesterday I was up before the dawn Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and on the web at debbysardone.com But I must be moving on Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are wrapping up our last segment with Alma Jimenez Hall, author of Tacos and Tortillas, a children's book. Not only is it a great story, and it's an interactive activity that families can use, but there's also a really unique product behind it. And that's what absolutely interested me in your book. It's not just another book, which now that I see the book and I see the beautiful illustrations and the wonderful warm family scenes in the book, the book in and of itself stands all on its own two feet. No doubt about it, especially with the interactivity of, of the book. But you also have this tortilla warmer that the book can fit snugly inside to make a really cute gift and warm tortillas. How'd you come up with that idea? And tell us a little bit about a tortilla warmer because I've never had one. Well, the idea came when I was at the grocery store and I, I saw the big hard ones, you know, the big ones. And I thought, I thought, wouldn't this tortilla warmer, if I was to make one out of fabric, wouldn't that be a wonderful um, addition to the book? And because the book's called Tacos and Tortillas, and then of course you could put the book inside of the tortilla warmer and it it's already a gift. It's you, gift wrapped. It's gift yeah. wrapped for you. So um, I think the Lord uh, had everything to do with that. And then after that, I thought, well, we're talking about cooking and I want the kids to get in the kitchen. So how cute would it be if we had these little aprons and they would they would want to finish the book and then say to their mom, mom, how about if we, you know, get in the kitchen and why don't we make make something? So um, it's another way for for the interaction. 
And kids really like to put on their own sized apron, one that, that fits them. So I love the idea. And I wish our listeners could actually see the beauty of this product. It really is very cute, very first class. You've got this super cute, bright colored tortilla uh, warmer fabric. And you slip the book inside and there's this um, raffia bow, uh, you know, tying it all up to make it look like a cute gift. And then the aprons fit right inside. So you have a children's size apron and an adult size apron that they can purchase if they'd like? Yes, um, that's optional. You could decide, you know, I want uh, two children's ones. You could decide I want the mommy and me bundle. So you get to pick. I love that. I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm already Christmas shopping right now as we are doing the show. You are not leaving here with those products. I'm going to tell you that much right now. They are staying with me. <laughs> I mean, I just, my granddaughter will absolutely love it. She's four years old and she loves to read. She loves to cook. She loves to pull up the stool and help mom and dad as they cook. My daughter loves to make homemade tortillas. I mean, that that's that she doesn't buy them store-bought. She makes them homemade. So I, I, I can't wait to give that as a gift at Christmas time. Um, obviously, with Amazon, that's where we can buy your book, which is a great place. But if we do want more of your products, and I have a feeling you have more products that you can tell us about, where would they actually go besides Amazon if they want to buy your book, your aprons, your tortilla warmers? Tell us a little bit about where they need to go. They can go on my website, which is www.ajfoodie.com. Ajfoodie.com. That sounds great. And so tell us about some of the other things that you have. I see you're wearing this really pretty necklace that kind of looks like a foodie necklace. Tell it me about is. that. It's a, yes, it's a whole foodie, foodie nation. Um, basically it's a spoon it's the it's the the spoon part I cut off some of the handle and uh, I put it on a chain and then of course in the center I do put different ornate things so I have uh, knives I have forks I have the little petite forks and spoons so I'm 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 collecting quite a collection and I'm putting them together uh, to make funky jewelry for mom and even the kids. So the mom could have one and then the little kid could have like the little, the little kids because they have the smaller spoons. So the petite spoons. spoon would yeah, be the for the little ones. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could definitely see my granddaughter liking that. She would have her own little foodie spoon. I know. I'm tempted uh, a lot of people joke with me about, wow, I guess you have your spoon with you just in case you ever need one <laughs> because, you know, I wear it, it. It's a necklace. So it's funny. Like uh, like if I was to have a fork with me, they tell me that too. Well, I guess if, you know, if you could, you're always ready to, at the ready to eat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, and, and food in our culture and really in just about every culture, it's more than just food in our body it's more than just nourishment food creates family time it creates um, uh, loving opportunities when you make food for the people you love when you congregate around food it gives you something to talk about and 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 it, it, it's more than just eating and that's what I kind of get a sense from your entire brand here that you have created is that you've really started a movement in a sense. Can you tell us a little bit about this movement that you started? Yes, it's the, the foodie, the foodie nation. And basically, it's, uh, 
it's a it's something I'm really just trying to um, make being in the kitchen fun again because I do not like being in the kitchen personally I don't I'm surprised to hear that I do not that's why I had to make it fun that's why I had to make it easy and so that is what I'm trying to create is easy recipes easy an experience where you create it where it's more of an experience to be in the kitchen and you don't dread it because I can't tell you how many times I've been in front of the refrigerator trying to figure out okay what's for dinner tonight and so um that's what I'm trying to create is um, the next book that's coming out. It's going to be a book with your main staples. It's, it's going to be a, a wonderful book. Uh, it's going to be a recipe book. It's going to be um, a cookbook, basically. So that's going to have those elements in it. You know, I really like that you have found a different tribe because there are so many reality TV shows, people who absolutely love to cook, and they're just these phenomenal chefs, and they create these over-the-top amazing dishes that have you know tons of ingredients in them and most of us are intimidated by that process I like watching those shows but I don't want to get in the kitchen and do that and you've just described something that's a little bit more down to earth that most of us can relate to that aren't we're not chefs and we're not interested in being these incredible chefs and you're saying if we become a part of your foodie nation we don't even have to love cooking because you said that is not something you love. We just want to experience being able to create good, healthy food and enjoy the activity of food instead of dreading it. What a great concept. Exactly. The foodie nation. <laughs> yes. I love that. It is, it is really terrific. Um, so tell us again the name of your website. www.ajfoodie.com Now... I want to hear a little bit more about your book and some of the other things that you're also doing. But what has surprised you the most that you really didn't know about the book that you have learned since in this whole process of writing this book? What, what, what have you learned? What has surprised you the most? I guess I had no idea I was going to get the response that I have. That probably has surprised me the most. I mean, I knew that I was going to get some response but I've had uh, people from all over the world now, not all over the world, I should say, but in other parts of the world that have, that are reading this book to their children. And I really was, I'm delighted by that because what I'm trying to do is see in the back of the book, it's going to say, what is one of your foods that is one of your favorite foods? So the children will have an, an idea of, okay, what is our favorite food what is our family food you know what no matter where you're from um, and so uh, I'm really amazed by the uh, the kids that are sending me pictures with them with the book and uh, with them cooking and uh, I, I guess I that caught me off guard um, that's been delightful also I just found out recently by a friend Carol Timon, a friend of mine she sent me an article that uh, Spanish and uh, knowing another language could help with dementia. So mm. now it's not only the children, but now it's the other spectrum, the people that have dementia. Now this book could even help them. That took me totally off. Uh, did not know that that was going to be 
uh, part of what I was doing. That's incredible. And there again, that is taking your brand and the loyalty to your brand, your tribe, to a whole nother level. You're helping people. You're bringing families together. You're creating a fun activity out of a traditional activity of reading. You're getting people in the kitchen. You're getting people uh, to be interested in in taking a, a typical recipe that normally isn't made in a healthy way and you're encouraging them to make it in a more healthy way you don't have to love cooking you don't have to be this great chef you just need to be a foodie interested in food and warm wholesome food and atmosphere and uh, that that's your tribe and yes. I can just see people all over the world reading your book sharing your book snatching it up buying it for friends and family and truly enjoying uh, greater times around the table so what a wonderful concept. I love it. Um, any last, uh, lasting words of advice or thoughts as we wrap up this last segment? Yes. Um, one of them is I'm going to need your help, listeners. So what I am trying to do is I'm c- trying to compile recipes from your family. So if you have a recipe that's one of your family favorites that you've maybe tweaked a bit, a little bit healthier, I'd love you to post it on my, on my website, and it will have an opportunity to be in my next book. Also, I have another book called, uh, uh, the hund- it's called a hundred, The Night of a Hundred Tamales, and it will be coming out soon. Uh, so I really would love um, to you to go to my website, go to uh, Amazon, buy the book. uh, Post a review. Post a review, (laughs) because at the end of the day, I have to eat. And I hope it will be more than tacos and tortillas. Absolutely. And I have a feeling you are going to. And you, as you build that tribe, anybody can go and visit ajfoodie.com. You have been listening today to children's author Alma Jimenez Hall, author of Tacos and Tortillas. Until next time, I hope everyone will clean up in life and business. For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com. Destination for premium talk radio.